What's up design family and welcome back to another episode of Fit Design TV. So glad to have you back on the channel. On today's episode, I'll be running you guys through my step-by-step creative process in terms of how I structure and how I design my sportswear and fashion pieces. Everyone who's ever worked in fashion design ultimately knows that some days it can feel like a dead end. Trying to create something new, something fresh can be such a laborsome process. Over the last five years, I've pretty much created and designed over thousands, pretty much over a thousand pieces easily of unique original designs. And honestly, I'll say it from now, I don't think I've ever repeated the same design twice. How did I do it? Well, I've really been super pragmatic about structuring a step-by-step -step process for even the days where I don't feel particularly creative that allow me to tackle the brief at hand, look at the brand that I'm working with, whether it's my own or a customer's, and ultimately deliver a design in a package that is extremely functional, super on-brand, modern, and in touch with the world that we live in. How do I do it? Well, watch this video for a step-by-step -step guide. What's up design family and welcome to Fit Design TV. So glad to have you here. On this channel, we discuss all things sports, fashion, graphic design, manufacturing, and technology. We'll discuss key topics, answer pressing questions, and provide actionable steps on starting your own product line. If you're interested in any of the above topics, stick around. You're in for a good one. Over the last couple of years, I've sort of approached every single design request with a pragmatic step-by-step -step process. And it all starts with truly understanding the product brief. And even if I'm the one trying to create the product, let's just say it's for my own brand. Let's just say it's for a brand like Spectre, which is my own brand. I'll always look at a brief first. And a brief will have a bunch of different questions that I'll ask. I'll ask what the product type is. I'll ask what gender it's for. I'll typically ask if there's any fabric recommendations. I'll ask about preferred branding placements. The idea here is to get on the same page with the brief and to truly try to understand what are the points that I have to hit no matter what. By having this target or by having this sort of visual outline, or let's just say this written outline, I'm able to lay out the key points that I need to hit and I'm able to structure my design moving forward to make that happen. And one of the key things that I try to understand is what is this product type? So what market is it trying to tap into? Let's just say I'm dealing with an athletic short. There are a bunch of different athletic shorts. Is this more geared towards running? Is this more geared towards trekking? Is this for the gym crowd? Is this for the powerlifting crowd? Each of these questions is going to get me closer and closer towards starting to narrow down my process. I think when designers start any creative process, they almost, they get extremely overwhelmed by trying to figure everything out at once. And by starting wide and beginning to funnel each and every single bit of information and start to narrow down the scope, I think that really allows you to begin to eliminate the things that you don't have to focus on and start to focus on the things that are more important. From there, I'll look at the brand identity. It's so important that I get on the same page as the brand I'm working with. Fashion, as at the end of the day, is extremely expressive. It's an individualistic sort of look at the world, and each brand that we work with is going to have its own approach, whether it's my own brand or it's a customer's brand. Try to understand what is the look and feel? What is the target market? What's the age range? What story are you trying to tell? That's going to give me every single bit of information that I need to create a unique design that satisfies the look and feel of the brand. 
And then I'll look at the fabric requirements. I'm a designer that actually believes in evaluating the textiles early on into the process. It's simple. Fabric has such a large impact in terms of the final result of the garment. A woven fabric is going to perform different than a knitted fabric. A knitted fabric of higher weight is going to perform and drape differently than a knitted fabric of a lesser weight. So trying to understand the fabric at hand, what the fibers that are being used, what are the functional finishes requirement, that's going to have a huge impact on the silhouette, the drape, the functionality, the way the garment stretches. And I try to figure that early on. Here, we're using an athletic short and I know that I want to blend pretty much a woven fabric with most likely a polyester, spandex, and maybe a cotton blend. Specifically here, I wanna make sure that this fabric has a lot of stretch, and at the same time, it has a little bit of sweat wicking capability. So I may end up dropping that cotton depending on how the design comes out. Number two on the list is a process I call as visual inundation. This is simple. It's a process of just looking at as many relevant images as possible. I typically like to use either WGSN.com for this, which is a fashion forecasting website, or Pinterest, which is a great mood board building tool. And I've mentioned Pinterest multiple times on this channel. It's just about getting myself visually acquainted with what's out there, especially if you're in a creative rut and your mind's just not getting that spark. I think by looking at existing work, by looking at other people's work, it's a mode of springing off and essentially beginning to get inspired. This is such an important part of my process and it's one that gets the creative juices flowing. Now that I've essentially studied the brief, I've studied the brand, I have an idea of the fabric that I want to use, I've looked at similar images out there of shorts, now it's time to start to outline three key driving elements of the design. I need to figure out the silhouette, I need to figure out the fit, and I need to figure out the relevant lengths. Silhouette here means am I going for sort of like a drapey look where I have a lot of excess fabric, am I, and that's going to lean into the type of fit that I'm getting, is it a relaxed fit? Is it an athletic fit? Is it a performance fit? Is it a compression fit? And then I'm going to look at the lengths. Let's just say here, I'm trying to go for more of a gym or a body builder type of short. So I definitely want something that is going to give me room to move around, especially when performing squats, deadlifts, I'm going to need that range of motion. But at the same time, I want something that's going to make, you know, a bodybuilder's legs look aesthetic. I know that that's one of the key functionalities or the key drivers of a design like this. So I'm gonna want something with a little bit of room on the legs, so a bit more drape on the hips. It's not going to be skin tight, but at the same time, I do want to show a lot of the quads. So the inseam that I'm picking is going to range between five and six, anything more than that. And I'm starting to cover up a lot more of the leg than I'd like to and anything less than that. And I think you're starting to marginalize a lot of your potential customer base. A lot of people or a lot of guys may not feel extremely comfortable with that much skin showing and that's natural. So this is a key part of the process because it starts to outline the core foundation of the design. And I'll start off with a mannequin silhouette and I'll start to lay the design together. Now that I have the core silhouette of the design, it's time to start adding the key functional elements. Look at the silhouette as the foundation of a building. Here, I'm starting to lay out the rooms. I know that I want my short to have pockets. I know I want pockets on the side and most likely these should be zipper pockets. The reason here is I wanna create pockets that are extremely functional, versatile, and at the same time, when you're running or when you're squatting, you have something in your pockets, they're not going to fall out. If I went for slip pockets, yes, it may be a little bit more lightweight, but I may end up losing that functionality. I'm going for a traditional side seam here and because I've picked a five to six inch inseam, I know that I'm, I'm not going to have enough room to add a proper gusset in there. So I'll keep it as a regular inseam. 
These are the sorts of the types of decisions I'm making on the fly. I also know that I want to add a pocket on the back. Here, I may end up choosing to pick a slip pocket, which is essentially a pocket without a zipper, just to give that added variety and not to create too much bulk on the back. Now, given the nature of the shorts, I need to look at the waistband. I need a waistband that has a significant amount of stretch to it, so I'm definitely picking an elasticated waistband. This is going to be a waistband that's going to typically stretch up to 1.5 times its width without disturbing the fabric. And since I'm dealing most likely with a woven fabric that has minimal to no stretch, I'm going to need that elastication there. For the, for the drawstrings, I'm going to want to add drawstrings that are externally mounted so they actually enter or they exit from the outer face of the fabric and I'm going to secure them with an eyelet again to prevent ripping and just to create a bit more of a composed and refined look to the garment. So, so far we have an excellent silhouette and I can start to think about any interior or paneling details that I want to add. This moves me on to the next step of the process. Once I'm extremely confident that the core design requirements have been met, then I'll go in and I'll start to add a little bit of flavor and a little bit of spice to the garments. I'll start to look at key functional elements that I can add. Let's just say I want to add a towel loop. I'll look at adding that in a strategic, in a strategic location. I may add it on the upper right hip, most likely because most people are right-handed. So if you're going to store a towel, you're going to use your right hand. And at the same time, I may not use the main body fabric. So the fabric that I'm using on the legs, I might not use that on the loop itself. Why? Well, since I'm using a woven fabric here, I want to make sure that I'm using a type of trim that has a bit more stretch. I may bring in a jacquard trim here. A jacquard is a type of weave that has a lot of stretch to it. It's extremely, extremely, it's extremely useful in these situations where you want to have something that lays completely flat on the surface of the fabric and then when you need it you can add almost three to four times the stretch without disturbing this, the actual fabric. This is a great option here and I'll add it at the back. At the same time I want to start to look at how I can aesthetically detail the garment. So if I'm going to add cuts or seams into the middle of the garment, where do I want to place them? I know that I want to create a little bit of an aggressive and a performance driven look to the garment. So I'm going to take that side seam and I'm going to add an overlapping slit at the bottom. Why an overlapping slit? Well, the idea of an overlapping slit is it allows you to create a wider opening to the slit when you need it. So when you're running, when you're squatting, when you're deadlifting, when you're actually pushing the garment through spaces. But when you have more of a relaxed or a neutral stance, the slit closes together. It's also quite an aggressive look and I think it's going to do really well in this design. And then I'll look at any internal seams that I wanna add. This is a bodybuilding short, so I might want to add some quad sweep loops. Here, these seams are going to do a great job at outlining the quads and really just giving the design a bit more of an aggressive and performance-driven look, which I'm totally for. Now, number six. Now that I have the core components of my design and more of the superfluous aesthetic components, it's time to make sure that I'm adding the branding elements exactly where I need them in a way that can enhance the design and push it forward. I'm working with a brand and I understand that most brands will have a variety of different brand marks that they use. They have their emblem, which is typically a symbol or it's an animal-based print. It's typically the logo that you think of. For Nike, that's a check mark. And they'll also have a word mark, which for Nike is that italic, iconic Nike logo. Here, I wanna make sure that I'm using the branding elements, whether I need to use them sparingly in the event that I'm working with a very minimalistic and mature brand, or I'm going to use them in loud and sort of assuming 
locations and positions. So I wanna make sure that I'm understanding the brand identity, which is the first step of the process. I know here I'm working with a brand that is typically more geared towards a more mature crowd, so I want to create a sleek and minimalistic look. I'm going to add their wordmark combined with their logo in a 3M reflective print. I think 3M reflective is such a great detailing tool to use here, simply because it's a print that can work on any single color, whether you're working on black fabric or you're working on a white fabric. The 3M shine is going to give it a lot of depth and luster, which I think is beautiful. Also, it's an extremely functional detail. When you're running at night or you're running in the early morning, a single hint of light is going to shine and reflect beautifully off a 3M print, and it's just going to give you that visibility without having to add too much in terms of the design aesthetic. And now I also need to start thinking about the positioning of the branding. And since I'll only be using a single logo mark, I want to make sure that it's present and it's completely visible. So I'm not going to put it on the waistband and I'm not going to put it on the back side of the garment. I'm going to make sure I place it on the thigh. Typically I'll align it with the bottom hemline, usually on, let's just say the right leg or the left leg. It depends on the garment, but for men's items, I typically like to use the left side. I think it's just a bit more of a traditional, I'm not exactly sure why that's done, but I'll typically place the garments logos or their marks on the left side and I'll keep it lower on the garment for one reason and one reason only. I wanna make sure that when a tank top or a t-shirt is worn over it, that it doesn't cover the logo mark since this is going to be the only logo mark that we use. This wouldn't be the case if I ended up using it on the pocket on the back or I centered it on the rear yoke on the back. This is a great option and it's a great tool for you guys to explore. At the end of the day, I like to make sure that I have a reason for any design decision I'm making. And lastly, I'll start to think about the trims and the hardwares that are going to be used on the design. On a short like this, I'm going to have to consider what types of drawstrings am I gonna use? Am I going to use flat drawstrings? Am I gonna use rounded drawstrings? What size are the drawstrings? What material are the drawstrings made out of? Also, the eyelets. Those are going to be an important part of that process. What are the size of the eyelets? Are they branded? Are they unbranded? Are they coated? Are they uncoated? Are they painted? With or are they silicone coated? These are all questions that I'm asking myself. And then I'm going to match the eyelets to the aglets. The aglets are the little tips at the end of the drawstrings. So if I'm going to silicone coat the eyelets, I'm going to silicone coat the aglets. And then I'll look at other things. Am I using zippers? So what type of zipper puller am I using? Am I using an auto lock zipper or am I using a, um, a fully unlocked or like a full slide zipper. Also, am I using nylon zippers or am I using plastic zippers or am I using metal zippers? These are all questions that I'm asking myself at this moment. You might think, why are you getting into so much detail? Well, I'm a firm believer that a design created should be a design produced. If you are unable to translate that design from the digital world and take it into the physical realm, this honestly is a shortcoming of a designer. And I've typically mentioned this in multiple videos in the past. Learn how to translate your designs and bring them into reality. This is going to be such an important toolbox as we move more and more deeply into the digital age. And that's pretty much it. At this point, you have a fully constructed design that is based on a strong foundation where the design decisions that are made all have a reason to them. You have a beautiful design that satisfies the requirement of the customers, that, requires, that satisfies the requirements of the brand, that satisfies the requirements of the potential customers that might buy this product, and you have a way to expand that collection. I think when you follow a process and you sort of don't design haphazardly, you are able to extend that logic wider into a collection. 
chances are this short is not going to be isolated. There's going to need to be a tank top that accompanies it, a t-shirt, a hoodie. So this is going to give me the ability to springboard off of the aesthetic and the functional look of this piece and then go into these other items. Guys, that's pretty much it. To quickly recap, we have seven key steps in the process. And number one is to understand the brief truly. Two is to inundate yourself visually with a ton of inspiration images relating to the product you're working on. Three, figure out the key foundational elements of the design, the fit, the silhouette, and ultimately what types of core fits and lengths you're going to be using on that garment. Four, make sure that you're laying out your core functional elements first and foremost, the gussets, the zippers, and any of the core paneling lines that you're going to need. Next up, you can add your aesthetic detailing. These are going to be the details that help you add a little bit of functionality, but a little bit of flair and spice to the garment. Six, consider your brand marks and your branding elements, your graphic prints. How do you make this garment feel more and more in tune with the brand that it's going to be a part of? And then lastly is the trims and the hardwares that you're going to use. Detailing your garments and having a firm understanding of these accessories and these details are really going to allow you to create a super polished and complete feel to the garment. Guys, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. I know that it was extremely technical, but that's the way I like it. I'm an extremely technical designer and I take a lot of pride in being able to take a design and make it happen. If you guys enjoyed this type of content and want to see others like this, consider smashing a massive thumbs up. It really does help us out and subscribing to the channel. Also, if you want to hop on a one-on-one -on -one consultation call and you have any questions that I typically might not have answered in this video or you're facing your own challenges in your own business, definitely check the link in the description and we can hop on a one-on-one -on -one call. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Fit Design TV. Until next week's episode, stay awesome.